Boss! 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 Welcome to our conference play edition of At the Buzzer, your Colorado Buffaloes football and basketball, but now mainly basketball podcast. Um, from the Ralphie Report, you have your co-host, Jack Barsh, over here as usual, uh, getting ready to go to Tempe, and your other co-host, Sam Mativier, back together again. And we have a special guest coming on shortly. We have Sabatino Chen coming back on, his second time on the pod. Truly the best host, Sabatino Chen. Um, you know, we skipped, we gave CU three, three games into conference play before we started to talk about them. Just to see what else we could glean. Um, but now I mean, that we, we did are... it. We're waiting because our schedules didn't line up last week, to be completely honest. Okay. Yep. Keep, <laughs> keep diving directly through my uh, transparent ruse. That's fine, Sam. Uh, you know, there is some stuff that happened football-wise this past week. I guess we won't talk about the national championship because, I, frankly, and you know what? This would be a good limits test. I don't know the answer. Sam, did you watch on Monday? I did, yeah. Okay, good. All right. I just wanted to make sure how much of a non-football fan you are. Um, I watch the big college football games. Okay, good. I watch it more than I watch college basketball games. Uh, on that note, let's talk about college basketball. Um, <laughs> I like one team, <laughs> and that's it. And uh, I, since, since we last spoke, Colorado's played three conference games, right? Um, yeah, Oregon, Oregon State, and Utah all at home. Um We'll save Oregon and Oregon State for the big guns, but um, for now, because it's the most, it's the freshest on our minds. Uh, tell me what you thought about that Utah win. I mean, it was complete domination, just mm. all around. CU was just they looked pissed off. They kept their foot on the pedal even after they built the huge lead. They did not want Utah coming back, and they just kept kicking. It was really nice to watch. I missed the good old-fashioned blowout, even though the game went by in like an hour and a half. It was uh, it's not often that I feel like in the Pac-12 that, that CU plays teams that genuinely don't belong on the, the floor with them. Um, and I know Utah's Timmy Allen, and I know they're young, but they look like a high school team comparatively. I mean, they also they beat Kentucky earlier this season. Not that Kentucky's good, but... Kentucky, who just lost to South Carolina tonight. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and Clemson. Oh, no, that was Duke. Sorry. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah, it, CU looked bigger, looked faster, looked stronger, looked more polished, um, looked more skilled. You know, it. like Tab Boyle said, that was an angry win. Um, you know, they rebounded very well from a, uh, a disappointing home loss um and what more can we say about evan batty oh my god yeah he he was just i think he had like six offensive rebounds in the first half just yeah well yeah and if they, they couldn't stop him if they didn't rest it's not like he didn't he spent that much time on the bench but if they didn't rest him that much in the second half he would have got around 10 at least that man was ruining uh those utah kids who are all way too skinny um and the nice thing is when we go and play utah on the road that doesn't go away it's not like that it's not like they're going to get way bigger before evan batty comes to town again um and he is now a boogeyman in their mind i mean yeah and then tyler bay was dominating on the defensive rebounds um and really if you look at it c was going to dominate everybody on the boards unless they send everybody to the boards like oregon uh, that was the worst offensive rebounding performance CU's had was against Oregon, and it was because Oregon was sending four guys to box out every mm-hmm. every shot. Yeah, to to um, strengthen your point, CU is top fifty ish to the fifty second offensive rebounding percentage. Um, I mean, and that's that's with teams sending everybody too. Yeah, so so thirty two percent of missed shots end up as offensive rebounds for CU. That's huge. That's thirty two percent of what would be possessions for the other team become possessions for CU. And on the other side, um, only 22% of available rebounds are offensive rebounds for the other team. So CU's limiting um, other teams from getting rebounds, and they're also crashing hard on the offensive end. Um, and as that boy will say, if you defend your rebound, you give yourself a chance to win, and then when you shoot like you do against Utah, then you win by 40. <laughs> That's, that's what happens. And everybody was hitting shots. I think 10 players suited up in the first half and 10 players scored. 
And even Alex Strada. Uh, I think yes. 11 players scored. 12 players scored. Well, 10 in the first half. Yes. Okay. 11 total. Dallas Walton scored in the second half as well. Um, he didn't play in the first half, though. No. Uh, but Alex Strading tried to, like, dunk on someone on the fast break, which was a little wild. I don't know what the hell was going on. but <laughs> It was pure confidence. Oh, my God. No, he has been so nice in reserve. Um, it was just such – it was just a great performance all around from everybody. Uh, I mean, you could probably nitpick a couple of people, but, like, when Eli Parquet is taking pull at mid-ranges and hitting them, it's mm-hmm. just – it's your night. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, it, you knew it was a good harbinger when the first shot that went in was a Deshaun Schwartz pull up off the dribble, you know, complete splash. And if if he starts hitting shots, then he's more I, to me. That means he's going to go off. Um, yeah. and, and because of how well CU could move the ball, he didn't necessarily, you know, he didn't like dominate the game. I would say Evan Batty had a much more uh, full dominant performance, but I mean, McKinley um, too. Well, I mean, um, what can be said about him? He would yeah. have had triple double if we didn't just coast to a forty point win. <laughs> yeah, and a, a stats update. So since the three point line moved back, we thought there'd be a dip in shooting, but uh, CU actually has Deshaun Schwartz and Seward over forty percent from three. McKinley's at thirty six percent. Tyler Bay's at forty four, but he's not. He's only taking one a game. So it's like CU's doing really well with shooting, other than Shane Gatling still being a 30%. <clears throat> yeah. That's a strong and, 30%. <laughs> um, I actually <laughs> – well, yeah, what is uh, – What did you, you already said this, I guess, that Shane Gatling's the best bad shooter. Yeah, He always seems to hit the shots that he needs to hit. And um, he can catch fire like he did last year against uh, – what was it, USC? Well, and against CSU this year, he saved CU. Oh, yeah. I, don't, um, I didn't watch that game, actually. I mean, all around, it was just it was. It's been a long time since since CU has sunned Utah like that. Um, I think since uh, CU and Utah started in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. uh, Benjamin Burrows on Twitter he referenced that that game looking a lot like CU playing them the first time in Pac-12, and they just dominated. And as you pointed I keep out, using that word. Um, yeah. you know, Utah isn't. This isn't like a what do you call it? Like a you know, this isn't a cupcake walking in that has no reason to play CU, right? They, has, they don't belong on the same court anyways. This is a Pac-12 team who has beaten Kentucky. Uh, they're around the top 100 in the Ken Palm. That's not, they're not going to – this isn't a resume booster, but it's not like Utah is complete garbage this year. They're rebuilding, but they're, they're not awful. Um, you know, they beat a team by 90 earlier this year. It doesn't matter what that team was as long as it's another D1 team. Like, Utah – can be very good, and that's going to end up looking pretty good for CU near the end of the year because I think yeah. Utah's going to end up around maybe 17, 18 wins. Yeah, also that pushed CU, like beating up bad teams or beating up like average teams bodes really well for how you're going to do. And uh, like CU, they moved up like 14 spots in like the Kempom rate ratings after just that win. Yeah, so um, so heading into this Arizona State Arizona road trip, CU is ranked twentieth on the AP poll, um, and with some teams in front of them losing, they might actually jump that a little more into the teens, depending on how this goes. Um, mm-hmm. They also are twentieth in net, I think. Um, they moved up a little bit this week on their own, also just because uh, Clemson is turning into a better and better win for the CU team. Yeah, um, is that our segue to Arizona? Yeah. All right. Let's bring him on. Joining us to break down these Arizona teams ahead of this road trip uh, is a very special guest, someone who knows how to play in the state of Arizona. Once again, welcome back, the namesake of At The Buzzer, Sabatino Chen. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, we had to. Absolutely, we had to. (laughs) And I know uh, going into this game, um, you know, I guess actually probably a pretty similar situation to when you came into McHale. See, you had some nice momentum um, running into the Arizona schools. Um, if you just want to tell us a little bit about when you hit these, this road trip uh, before we dive into this year. Yeah, I think, man, I have to, if I recall correct, I think this is the first, yeah, these were the first conference games of the season for us that year. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were coming off, we had pretty good non-conference 
schedule minus the, the Kansas game. We blacked that one out, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now, like I remember, we won our preseason tournament, the Charleston tournament. Played some good teams there. Like oh, whiskey um, and Booker went off. Yeah, he won. Yeah, I think he won MVP. We beat Murray State when they had a really good team. We beat Baylor. Did they have Isaiah Cannon? Yep, yep. Spencer oh, guarded yeah. Isaiah Cannon. That team was really good. Did you have to guard him? No, I guarded their like off their secondary guy who also had a, was pretty good, like second second top scorer for them. Um, but I can't recall his name. But yeah, it was definitely like Isaiah Cannon show. And then they had a really good big guy that was like a Ben Wallace type that just. <laughs> did everything <laughs> um but yeah we went through we won that tournament had good pretty good preseason tournament and then um yeah i remember we had just thinking we had two tough road games to start the conference conference season also now was it arizona and then arizona state or vice versa i don't have the schedule in front of me sorry uh it was arizona first that okay. i do remember for sure did you guys win arizona state no we did not so we started uh, we start off on two, I think. In no, I mean, you won the first one, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to get it in there. <laughs> okay, so, like, the main difference with this game is that, I mean, to be honest, I think CU is better right now than that team was at that moment. Um, but uh, Arizona is not super great this year. They're top, like, 15 in Kempom, but that doesn't feel right. Uh, they just lost to uh, Oregon State, which, hey, shout out to us losing to them, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Oregon State's that, that bad of a loss. But they, they, no, they and Oregon State. some good wins together. They dropped it on Arizona, too. They, they, I think they won by, like, 16. Trace Tinkle just ruined uh, whoever was – I forgot who was guarding him. But, yeah. Or say punked him, and they also lost to uh, St. John's at home, Sam. So not great yeah. so far. No, I, I really don't think Arizona's good. <laughs> wow, that's a hot take. <laughs> no, I I have reservations about uh, how like they fit together. I don't think Nico Mannion is. I think he doesn't score on the inside. I think he's taken like twelve shots in the restricted area this year, which is insane. Like that, like no point guard shoots that little inside well sam why would you take a layup when you could take a pull up too they also they've lost five of their last seven i don't know if we know that i mean some, it was to oregon true? oregon gonzaga and baylor but also st john's and oregon state okay interesting yeah so. i do think we match up better against arizona than say like a oregon oregon state yeah i agree with that too but uh would you want to elaborate on that though yeah, I mean, my thinking is just like, like our perimeter defense is, has just been like rock solid, um, and where like Oregon State, I feel like they kind of hurt us. Well, we we hurt ourselves, but mostly. <laughs> um, but like the way they were scoring, like the first half, I remember they were just like pounding it inside, uh, whether it's like their guards just kind of slowly posting up, getting inside, or feeding that seven footer inside, um, where that kind of doesn't we're like our perimeter defense yeah like we don't they don't do well against like just pounding inside i feel like uh, they do better just stopping the ball to rotating really well but when the the offense is kind of slow and like grinding inside like that i think it hinders us a little bit defensively mm, yeah I, I agree with that too and then well, like like when they have like the one three one defense with kyler kelly in the middle that's just yeah. ridiculous what do you do <laughs> And what, is it Ethan Thompson? Stevie Ethan? I forgot which Ethan, Thompson Stevie, is. Ethan. Stevie graduated. Okay. Ethan yeah. was a top 50 recruit out of high school, by the way. He's really good. Well, he, he has like, what, seven inches on McKinley? Five, six inches on McKinley? Yeah, yeah like so six, that's five. tough, too. Yeah. So it was, it was just like, I, I mean, I would put McKinley on him, too, but it's just always hard because, like, like Sabatino said, they would just pound, like get inside as fast as possible, and then one of them would just like shoot over him or, or hit a floater or, or try to get contact. Um, I don't know if – I think Mannion's good at drawing contact. I don't think they have the same the weird physical mismatches that Oregon State has. Yeah, definitely not. And, like, Nico Mannion, too. He's, like, really slight, and he's, like, a finesse type of player. Very yeah. skilled, but I think McKinley if suits, is better suited for him. He's only, like, 6'2", right? Yeah, 6'2", like 180. Yeah, and, you know, he's, he's great at pushing the ball. Um, I think he's really good at playing fast and under control, but – um, I think McKinley's faster. 
<laughs> I, I think that helps. Um, and then down low, they start uh, Chase Jeter and Zeke Naji. And how I mean, long has Chase Jeter been there? I feel like he's been at he's a senior. in Arizona for four years. Yeah, okay. he's a senior. So he was like a former like five star or whatever. But he's not good. Like we saw last year, the year before. Like he's just not a very good player. <laughs> I mean, he's um, little. He's huge, but I uh, he um he has some of that same problems that some, Tyler Bay has sometimes, where he finishes softer than I guess I feel like they should. You know, they'll yeah. they fade away when they don't have to. I think he's just a soft player. <laughs> who he's he's just been so athletic and so big his entire life that he's never like had to work for anything on the court, and then he's he hasn't adjusted. I don't think. That's my that's my own hot take. I don't think Chase Jeter's good. <laughs> um, um, and then Zeke sorry. Naji. Sorry. Oh, okay. And then Zeke Naji too. I think he has a really bad weakness on interior defense. Like he doesn't really try that hard. He gets lost quite a bit. I think Tyler Bay could have him on that end. Um, how much of Arizona have you watched this year, Sabatino? Uh, I watched really just – like in depth, like the whole game was that when they um, that close game against Oregon that they had. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, was that the was that the the Bill Walton peanut butter game? Yeah, that was that was, <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, already followed it up the next his next game too with more peanut butter. Uh, in fact, he licked the peanut butter off the camera uh, yeah. after the next game. Right. So he, I, I'm just glad he's getting zanier in his old age. Um, <laughs> So I guess you have a good, pretty good feel then, especially now how they how they sit um, going into conference play. Um, you know the team revolves around Mannion, I think, and then they have a lot of freshmen around there that are counted on a lot. Like Sam mentioned, Zeke Naji. Um, none of us have mentioned Josh Green, who I think was the highest rated player in the class for them. Um, I don't like how he plays that much. I guess I'm not <laughs> either he play, but I he's the exact type of wing I I don't like to watch. Um, to me, he feels like a bargain bin Stanley Johnson at times. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I, I feel like he should be a lot more assertive than he is. And um, I feel like when he does try to be assertive, he, he takes a bunch of shots I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How you, I don't know. Sam, I, you like him, I think, a little more than I do. Uh, I don't really have an opinion on Josh Green. Well, that would be a little more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Well, Sabatino, with what you saw, like, where's what they saw? Or, Sorry. Compared to how Arizona played Oregon versus how, say, we played Oregon, what did you, like, notice or come away with? Um, well, right away, I mean, Arizona is definitely not as strong defensively as we are. Um, I think Oregon, like, uh, Oregon had a, got a lot – like, they scored a lot from the perimeter three-point shooting where they didn't have that really against us at all. Um but, um, yeah, I agree with you guys, I think. And I think it'll be similar. Like, Nico Mannion is running the show. Um, just like the Oregon point guard was running the show for them. And uh, it's like if we can kind of – if he – if Nico Mannion has to, like, do everything and carry the load with, like, McKinley hounding him and our perimeter defense hounding him, I think it'll be tough for them. Because I think a lot of their guys, like Zeke Nagy, he gets a lot of his points, but based off, like, Nico Mannion distributing and drawing, like – the defense sucking them in and kicking it out to him. And I don't, I don't think Tyler Bay will allow much like of those hustle points that Najee always gets against everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good yeah, luck getting around and everybody box out. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think the toughest, it's just the toughest thing I think will be just if we can stay consistent with our defense, our rotations, and then playing uh, Mikhail's is not, not an easy thing to come away with a win there. Yeah, what, what is that like? I don't know if CU's, like, besides your shot, I don't think CU's won there in the Pac-12 era. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember it just, like, first of all, I, when I got there, it was the first time ever being there, and I just thought, like, this is, like, just a super cool arena that you see, like, they're, they're like, kind of, like, I think, like, a Hall of Fame hallway where they have all their, like, past teams and past, like, accomplishments. I remember their, like, intro video was really cool like it got me hype even though i was like damn like damn like i grew up watching all these dudes like kill it and and then their crowd is just that arena is really cool like their crowd's just pretty crazy you know and it's just a really intense game i think it fuels kind of both sides but you can get in trouble if they go on a run 
and that crowd gets behind him. It's kind of like how it is playing in course. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. By the way, did you grow up rooting for CU sports? Uh, I, I wasn't the biggest, like, CU college basketball growing up before. Um, like, I was mostly kind of just focused on, like, my basketball career and getting – trying to, like, get recruited that way. So I was kind of like – yeah, I guess, like, when, when they weren't recruiting me before, I was kind of, more, like, more involved in, like, the schools that were recruiting me. Um, so, yeah, I was, like, the worst, like, CU Boulder fan growing up as a kid. Oh, so you were? Also, I grew up – I spent most of my elementary, like, when they had, like, uh, elementary days, like, in California. So, I also didn't grow up – I didn't come to Boulder till like, middle school. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is the, uh, is the U of A chant as annoying to players as it is, like, me? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more annoying to, yeah, the fans. Uh, okay. I never uh, really got bothered by it. I was good. I I remember I got really bothered by the was it the Kansas chant that they do? Rock chalk. Yeah, that. Because <laughs> like we were down by like forty points, but they were just taunting you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, we already know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I well, I'm making my first trip down to McHale. I think for this trip. Um, hopefully that is i think that would be i think that you're right that would be the second um with an asterisk win for cu at arizona and i actually don't think cu's won very much at arizona state either um i wonder if there is there any hangover effect there you say you played arizona first but i always feel like it's hard to come like play like a washington state after a washington um if that makes sense like it's hard it's hard to take the biggest punch first and then try to keep that same intensity for the second punch Mm-hmm. yeah it definitely can um i mean probably for us that game too just coming off that emotion like we thought we had arizona at arizona we kind of choked it in overtime or right before overtime and then we got screwed by the ref um <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah i mean i just remember that game when we played arizona state right after yeah it was definitely a weirder game like we it didn't have the same energy you know that like hype to it um it was kind of like a slow kind of I remember being a slow game and not not really like up and down for both teams and then they kind of I think they just kind of grinded out a win against us yeah we we kind of skipped ahead of the Arizona State breakdown because we do play Arizona State on Thursday and then Arizona on Saturday um but we've we've already seen the Arizona State team this year so Mm -hmm. we can probably focus on the Arizona part of this (laughs) podcast (laughs) yeah Hopefully our, our team's not doing that, but. Uh, well, yeah. And the other th- the other weird thing is the Arizona state team we had, we have seen, didn't have uh Romello white or, oh, geez, I forgot the other guy. The hey, other Sean big guy Terry. they have. Thank you. Um, so they, I mean, they're going to be completely different. They actually, they've had them for a while though. And I really have not noticed that much of an uptick. Um, they've, in their been play. Shooting, they've been shooting really poorly all season. I don't think that they're as bad at shooting as they have been. Like, they're shooting 30% overall this season. Um, I will say, I guess, before we move on completely, the one thing I yeah. did want to mention with Arizona State is they gave me the, my, one of my favorite um, box scores I've ever seen in a game. What's um, that? So they played St. Mary's. I believe this was at home. or it, the, the location is listed as semi-home, which means I think they played at the Phoenix Suns Arena. Oh, no. Um and they played St. Mary's. They lost by 40 points, 96 to 56. Uh, what's worse is the, the box score, and I'm sorry, it's a huge, um, I guess, ramp up for something that's just for me, but whatever. I'm going for it. Uh, the box score has three players scoring out of 56 points, right? Remy Martin had zero. Rob Edwards had zero. Um, the rest of the bench had zero. Romello White and Tejon Cherry had five and eight each. And then Alonzo Verge off the bench had 43 of their 56 points wow. in a 40-point <laughs> loss. <laughs> I love that. I love looking at that every time. Do you have the shots? How many shots did he take? Yeah, he, took, he, he was 17 to 23 from two and then one of six from three. Oh, my God. Made all six free throws. Only six turnovers, which honestly, I'm like, good for you, man. <laughs> That's pretty was, good. He what shot was, pretty well. Yeah. What was ASU's uh, shooting overall? They shot uh, 
13% from three and 47% from two. But, you know, uh-huh. of the 20 makes they had from the two-point line, Alonzo Verge had 17. So, uh, you know, it – My God. <laughs> that, yeah. They've done stuff like that this year. They are a weird team. Yeah, they've – so they also lost to Arizona 75-47. They lost to Virginia 48-45, although that's Virginia, so it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And then they also uh, – they barely scored 60 against Creighton. They, they, it's, they're just such a high variance. They beat Oregon team. State. It's they beat crazy. Oregon State on the road, actually. Yeah. yeah crazy. So <laughs> they could, they're, they're so weird because they can score 98 points or they can score 45. Yikes. Is it, do you think it's just whether or not their threes are falling? Uh, were you asking Sabatino or me? I don't know either. <laughs> I don't have an answer. I don't know. I haven't watched them much since that first game, and yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. It could be that. It could be just they maybe they match up really poorly against a certain type of team or type of scheme. Like like matchups. I remember my my the year we won the Pac-12, we got spanked by Stanford at home and there. Like we and we, I brought, I thought like if we played them in the Pac-12 tournament, like I don't think we would have beaten them that year either. <laughs> was that the was that the Dwight? No, that was before Dwight Powell, wasn't it? No, so no yeah, Dwight, Dwight, Dwight Powell. Powell. Okay. I think the next year Dwight Powell tried to do the buzzer beater dunk, and it was Is that the one where the Josh buzzer. Scott took the charge. Uh, I don't know. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. that was the year we matched up better against them. But the year before that, with like Nate and Austin Default, like we, mm-hmm. yeah, they spanked us every time. Mm. <laughs> So I don't know. It could just be like some teams. Just if you just don't match up well, like mm-hmm. just be really hard to, to beat that type of team. Us with Oregon State, basically. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I guess yeah. I have one. I have one more quick question. I noticed. I uh, I think all three of us actually were at the Oregon game. Is that correct? Yes, I was there. Yeah. So for some reason, we lobbied for it. Um, for that hall of celebrities that came through. Uh, let's see. They put. They put Mel Tucker on the jumbo, right? They put Phil Blinsey on the jumbo. Well, they're sitting next to each other. Okay, well, excuse me. Mel uh, Tucker was also yelling at the refs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. They're also courtside. Yeah. <laughs> but no Ben Mills, only Josh Scott, even though Ben Mills was, I believe, right next to Josh Scott. No, they, they both uh, no were on the big screen. I will correct you. They were both <laughs> on the big screen sitting next to each other. And uh, – What's what's the guy's name? Mark Johnson. Yeah, he yep. uh, said, "See you, basketball legends." And then he saw Ben Mills and said, "Ben Mills and Josh Scott." <laughs> so Ben Mills is the CU basketball legend. And then Josh Scott's the afterthought. Okay, exactly. Ben Mills is always a fan favorite whenever he got in the game. Oh yeah. Uh, did you uh, did you get a chance to, to catch up with Josh or Ben at that game? At that game, no, but I saw them at a previous game, and then me and Josh have been have gotten lunch a couple times since, uh, yeah, since the, in the past couple months. Well, I, I guess it, you both played played professionally overseas, right? Yeah, both in Asia too. He he played. He's been playing Japan the past few years. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was just a fun game, start to finish, and that was to me that was fun just because it was like, oh, all these guys that. I just watched beat Oregon. Um, also, never lost to Oregon, and then they were watching this team never lose to Oregon. Was Andre there too? I heard he was, but I never, I didn't see him. I didn't see him either, but I heard he was too. Okay, I have. Okay, so let's do quick. Uh, what are our predictions for these games? Uh, okay, I'll start. I guess because uh, hopefully I'll be in the arena for both. I was looking at ticket prices. Um, Arizona's pretty pricey, but Arizona State can get in for the price of $5. So You um, should have planned this ahead, and we could have gotten you a press pass. <laughs> you're right, actually. You are right. I mean, I don't even know if I was – I didn't know I was going until about two weeks ago. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's well. plenty of time to get a press pass. <sighs> <sighs> well, uh, for the cheap price of $5, I think I'm going to watch um, – I think I'm going to watch CU come over with a nice win. Again, uh, the offense, I think, is loads better than what it was when CU beat Arizona by 10. Um, Arizona State by 10. Arizona State, thank you. Um, but Arizona State, I don't think, has gotten better. Uh, as Remy Martin goes, they go, um, and he has been struggling right now. I don't think his life will be made any easier by getting pinballed between McKinley Wright or Shane Gatling or, um, I guess, even Eli Parquet out there. Um, so 
I think CU is going to make sure that he does not get his shots. Um, and then in turn, I think it's going to make the rest of the offense grind real slow. So um, I, I guess like Sabatino said, it always, it always seems a little – I guess both teams seem a little sluggish when they play at Arizona State at least. Um, just maybe it's the curtain distraction. I don't know. Um, yeah, is that a thing? <laughs> does that make a difference, Sabatino? No, I, I honestly forgot about it until you just mentioned it. <laughs> so, it was very distracting. That'll be our headline is Sabatino Chen trashes. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the only hope is that they actually pull out a Sabatino Chen jersey and uh, recreate the shot. That would be the sweet. That'd be cool. Uh, yeah. That would actually, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> hopefully they're listening. That'd be nice. Um yeah, I think it'll be a low-scoring game. I think CU's going to win pretty handily, though. I have, I have confidence. Maybe I'm just inflated by these that nice Utah win. I don't know. Sabatino, you're next. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I'll piggyback. I think the slow kind of sluggish start would favor CU more, especially just how we rely on our defense. That's our strength. And then the offense has been coming along. I think Coach Doyle, he's been finding a good, like, a good flow to his rotations. And I think every game, everyone keeps figuring out their roles, which is, is really good for this um, mature team. I'm a little more concerned. I think that Arizona state found some success with the press defense in the second half uh, of that in the game in China where CU won. Uh, and I'm a little bit worried they're going to use that. And I'm a little bit worried they get hot. But otherwise, I think CU is a much better team and should win. But I well, I think we figured out happen. the the key to beat the press, right? Is just point Batty. Is just is just yeah. throw <laughs> Batty out there and let him run. Because uh, who's yeah. gonna get step in front of him? Yeah, but we have to hope he doesn't get three fouls in the like first twenty five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, luckily for him too. I think part of it's just like it's like a weird. Uh, he looks bigger than everyone, so they call fouls for him being every bigger than everyone. But um. Romello White is, I think, one of the few people that's as, like, wide as Batty. You know, he takes up as much space. He's not just as tall. Um, so maybe that helps a little bit. I think they can both bang down low, and hopefully neither of them get too um, chippy with the refs. I don't know. Arizona's going to be a different story, because I don't know if they have anyone um, at the size that we have. Yeah, I can see Arizona State getting weird. That's what I'm saying. Right. And if it gets weird, I don't necessarily like our chances. Uh, just a real quick tangent again, sorry. Um, but to go off the rotations a little bit, Sabatino, you said that Tad's finding a nice rhythm. Um, it always looks, and I think he said it too, that, that Mike Roan does a little bit of the substitutions in game. Um, is it, when you were there, was it, was it a, like a tag team between Roan and Boyle or is it, does Tad just get the final say? Um, you know, that. That's interesting. I didn't know. I haven't noticed that watching these games, but um, I know like when I was playing, I we would see that like all the assistants would kind of like just at time to time go up to coach, whisper something in his ear. Whether I don't know if it'd be like a player, like maybe you should get this guy in, or more like a scheme. But um, mm-hmm. I think he definitely encourages his assistants to like speak up if they see something. But yeah, at the end, it's him saying like, "Oh yeah, I agree with you," and then like he'll make the call or he might. Maybe he'll ignore them. Who knows? But <laughs> <laughs> so, so the call up comes from Boyle, is what you're saying? Always. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I don't. I, yeah. I well, at least when I was there, I never got the impression like that. Roan or Pre were, would say something and like kind of just like that would be the final say. It definitely went through Boyle. Yeah. Okay. Well, before I completely recede back, also I want to give a quick shout out to Coach Pre. I believe getting two Mountain West wins this year. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but um, that's two more than San Jose State had the last three years. So um, he is slowly getting that program back off of its, its, I guess, its knees because it was not doing well. Um, and that's that's hard. That's a hard job. So good for Priya. When did they move to the Mountain West? Oh, geez. Um, oh, my God. Right, they moved to the Mountain West? That was right before McIntyre left so McIntyre's last year for football was 2012 with San Jose oh, State and that was okay. the whack, and they were in the whack in 2012 so I think they moved in 2013 2014 um oh. it has not been good to them we missed yeah the... that'd be tough to take that <laughs> job right going into that <laughs> yeah we we missed the CU news that Mike McIntyre went to Memphis as defensive coordinator that's true at the beginning of the pod, back in Tennessee 
Anyways, okay. quick shout out to Coach Prelu. Great job. I'm done now. Okay, back to Arizona. <laughs> okay, now what are Arizona predictions? So you guys said wins for Arizona State. Now what about Arizona? Um, okay, I'll go first again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for Arizona, um, let's see. I'm assuming around there, that'll be a Saturday noon game. Uh, I think they were around 1230, I think, which I don't know how often that's happened um, when CU plays Arizona. I think it's always been a night game. Um, Can't be partying in Tucson that night. And the other thing, well, yeah. And the other thing that's weird is I think someone pointed out this is the first time ever that CU is ranked and Arizona's unranked. Uh, wow. When they, when they match up. Crazy. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a strange feeling. Um, I wonder if Sean Miller plays up the underdog angle a little bit or if that'll <laughs> even play. Um, They're loaded with five stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. But I mean, Dabo Swain does the same thing, man. I, I, okay. You say whatever you can to get to these. They're 18 years old, I think, what the coach says. Hey, you're underdogs there. Anything to get them riled up. Um, I think, I don't know, what we talked about is right. I think Sabatino's on the money when he said, I don't think they're going to feel comfortable mudding it up inside that much. I think Zeke Naji's like the designated cleanup guy, but I can't. There's no, like, Tarzuskis or um, – Oh, Tarzuski. <laughs> that was the guy you forgot? Yeah, I mean, he was good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Ryan Anderson was also pretty good. Oh, uh, I hated right Ryan Anderson. You know, they, I don't know if they have one of those polished post, post guys. That's just they don't like have behemoth. Aaron Gordon dunking on us either. There it is, yeah. <laughs> I forgot Aaron Gordon. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was on that team. Oh, love him. Um, you know, that length and that, that, I guess, bulldog defense um, – doesn't exist like Josh Green is long but does he have that mentality I don't think so um, I don't think they even have someone like Nick Johnson who just refused to lose um, as much as I hated him um, you know it's even TJ McConnell refused to lose Ugh. I dislike TJ McConnell <laughs> so did you play against TJ McConnell no I didn't I can't remember uh, the point guard he uh, he transferred over from Xavier Oh, hmm? when you really interesting. Oh, because Sean Miller probably yeah, did yeah he the came job. with I think he came with Sean Miller. Um, he was really well, good though. Yeah, yeah. TJ McConnell uh, went to Duquesne. Not him. Um, you know, I I think we match up pretty well with Arizona. I always has. I mean, I I don't know how confidently I can call Michaela win ever, but this would be the year I think. Right. So I'm gonna say CU wins. I'm gonna say four points. Sabatino? Um, yeah, I'm 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 gonna call the sweep as well. I'd be more concerned if Arizona State was played um, after Arizona, but I think yeah, I just think they match up well against Arizona. And I think if anyone's gonna get the ultimate revenge down there, it should be this team. So I'll go with them. And that point guard is Mark Lyons, by the way. Ah, got to thank you. Um, I agree with you guys. I, I, I actually like CU's chances a lot against Arizona. I don't think they're very good, and, and I think the matchups bode really well for CU. Okay, so just so we all are clear, we're calling for a road sweep. We're calling uh, the road sweep. Yeah, we're calling for a road <laughs> sweep. That's going to put CU at 15-3, and three, I think, and then 3-1 and one in conference? No, four. yeah, 4-1 four and one in conference. And it would be um, two A-quality wins. And that would be one – if he lost to Oregon State, one mediocre loss to Northern Iowa, um, and, and then, then one a, a lost to Kansas loss. at Kansas. Doesn't count. Which will um, never knock you back. Are so, we talking about a, a top 15 CU team after this weekend? Is that what we're saying? I, nobody else in college basketball is good this year. So <laughs> everybody's dropping. Like, mm-hmm. I think uh, Texas, uh, Tech, Texas Tech lost two games last week and dropped one spot. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. I'm well so oh man, that's that's gonna get my that's gonna get hype up to, to pretty dangerous levels, especially when they come back. And as long as they can hold court against Washington State and hopefully Washington. And um, then they'd go on the road to UCLA and USC, then they'd be home against Cal and Stanford and oof. It's too much to think about. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That that's gonna give me dangerous levels of excitement. But I I don't see the. I mean, <laughs> we're already ahead of ourselves calling the red yeah. sweep. <laughs> yeah, I I think. I mean, I think it'll be one and one. I'm not calling a road sweep. I think in a vacuum they win both. But I think something weird will happen and they'll lose one of them. Hmm. I but I just on paper I can't. 
I'm I'm really high on this team right now. I think they have it. I think they're still pissed off too. They still have something to prove. Yeah, this will get a, be a good glimpse of what this team potentially could be like, like in the tournament because they're both. We like on paper they should win both these games, but being on the road and just how the Pac-12 conference is always pretty intense. I think. It I mean, be they've a good also for them. They've also won four games on neutral sites this year. Hmm. So, I mean, they beat Dayton on a neutral site, which, I mean... Which is more like an away game. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> in Chicago, yeah. Yeah. So, we're doing it. We're calling the road sweep. I say road sweep. Justice for Sab. We have to do it. <laughs> yeah, let's get it. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, do you guys want to move on to some personal questions for Sabatino? I think they're, I have some funny ones. Some tab boil questions? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> Uh, we can start with the Tad Boyle question. Okay. So, Sabatino, I gave you all day to think about it. Uh, so, do you have any stories about Tad Boyle that, like, epitomize who he is? Yeah, so I got a good story. I, like, it epitomizes who he is, but, like, I don't know, maybe it doesn't make sense. But <laughs> So, like, one thing I'd say about Coach Boyle, at least for, like, from my perspective when I played for him, was, like, he even though he'd get on you you never felt like he like lost like faith in you like whenever he'd rip you or like pull you aside it's always him like trying to coach you up and like instill confidence like he didn't care if you turned it over like he wanted you to move on to the next play um so like when he did get mad it would always like kind of surprise us as a team because like it, it really took he had a lot of patience like during practice like um so it'd take a lot to get him mad and so like one day we are just having like the worst practice of all time uh probably coming off a bad loss so they're like all the coaches are extra harsh on us and we're like just doing a half court offense or drill and we keep turning the ball over and like maybe after i don't know the fifth or sixth turnover just in that like eight minute drill he just like grabs the ball and just he says like get on the line and we just start running and then he just starts like he throws one ball and then he takes another one and he just kicks it up as far as he can in the cores and just starts like pounding on the score table just like mad like just taking out his frustration and we are all like oh, trying to hold back like not trying not to laugh because we never seen that before and we didn't know like what was going on because we're like oh my god he's about to explode um what, what would have happened if you laughed Oh, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's hard. It's hard to think though to laugh while running like a sprint. So, like, but um, yeah, that I I just remember that vividly. And like, I don't know. I, to me, that just kind of shows like it. It really he. It took him a lot for him to like really get upset to the point where like you thought like like he had no confidence in you. Basically, whenever he got upset at me, I always thought like, oh damn, I kind of like let him down or I let the team down. Not like oh shit, I fucked up. I better not do that again, like because or else I'll get benched. You know. So it's like yeah. like when your dad is disappointed but not angry. Right. It's more of that, which, which you would think is worse, but not in basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'd much rather them be disappointed than angry and hate me. So not like <laughs> like Mick Cronin. He's the opposite. Yeah, the, the Cincinnati coach, or I guess now the UCLA coach. Yeah, um, yeah. angry little man. <laughs> so I, I've kind of been referring to Tad Boyle sometimes as Dad Boyle because of <laughs> that, that type of tendency. But no, that's a good one. Uh, did you have any others, or was that the main one for you? Um, no, I mean that's the main one. I I. I have, like, personal – my own, like, story how, like, he recruited me, but just kind of, like, how he was, like – to me, he was always up front and honest with me about, like, what he expected of me, my role, um, whether I'd be on scholarship or not. So, I always mm. respected that about him. I heard he's ruthless in ping pong. Is that true? Is he? I don't know. I, I've, I've, never, I've never seen him play, but that wouldn't surprise me if he was just good at something – yeah, like maybe they added the ping pong tables. Yeah, maybe you had the ping pong tables after you left to yeah, the locker room. Yeah. But there's some in there now. Um, yeah, and there's there's, he, he, I mean, he's competitive in all aspects. Is what I'll say. I mean, he's just like, <laughs> he wants to win in ping pong, even if it's just ping pong. He wants to win. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. All right, now I have some other questions about you as a player, Sabatino. 
Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. If you were on this CU team, would you like crack the main rotation? Would you, what do you think your role would be? Um, yeah, I think I could crack it. <laughs> I think just like my role, probably, I think I'd have a sim- price exact identical role to when I was playing, especially like my senior year, just um, solid guy, like not going to turn the ball over a lot, going to get in the lane, penetrate, and then be solid defensively rotating. And everything. I honestly, I wish that we could just put you on this team as that bench guard who stabilizes everything. <laughs> it's been rough sometimes there. <laughs> not to That'd mention be fine. If I could, I'd go back in a second. Do you have eligibility left? <laughs> If I did, my knee is bad, so I don't think I'd be the same. Uh, <laughs> I could try. Did you did you get a bag man, by the way, to go to see you? A bag? <laughs> I wish. <Just> <laughs> That's what Tab Boyle said, I think, too. Someone asked him the same thing. Someone asked him, did he get paid to go to Kansas? And he said, I was never good enough to get paid to go anywhere. He yeah, said- my, my bag might have been like two bucks or something. <laughs> that wasn't very touted coming out of high school. Someone bought you Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Um, all right. Who is uh, – so if you could play anyone in 1v1 and win, who is the best CU player you would like beat one-on-one, I guess? Like – Who's the best I think I could beat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like my yeah. best chance? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or either no, one. No, no, Who's the best you think you could beat? Yeah. yeah. Who's the best player you could beat one-on-one? You want to hear some shame. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble. Man, I'm trying to think who would like match up well. Like like little guard, like Kinley or Ski would just torch me every time just because they're, they're little and have that fast like center of gravity I'd always struggle with. I think Ski guards. would torch most people. <laughs> yeah. Um, shoot, I don't know. I'll I'll call out, not not like this version Spencer Dinwiddie, but like when <laughs> we were in school, Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> mm. that's a good one. By that same logic, you could say you in 2013 versus McKinley Wright when he was in 2013. No, I think McKinley. Just <laughs> those little guards, I have trouble. I, I'd much rather. I don't know why. I'd play. I'd rather play a taller guard than. That's eighth grade McKinley Wright. Yeah, I think you could be eighth grade McKinley Wright in 2013. <laughs> Jack, you wouldn't. Uh, no, absolutely okay. not. Defense is optional when I play. Okay. Also, uh, it depends. Like, what's the one-on-one rules? Like, how many dribbles do we get? And make it take after three. <laughs> oh, I mean, I just figured it was a normal one-on-one game. Okay, like in practice, we had tough rules. Like, it could only take like two dribbles or three dribbles. Oh God, that's like real hard. Yeah. So, so you have to make one move. That's it. That's all you get, right? Mm-hmm. Man, that's so easy on defense, though. You just sit on it. it I get. I don't know if they can shoot. It, yeah, if they could shoot. I don't know. Actually, Spencer had a really quick first step, so that'd be tough. But. <laughs> oh my God, I can't imagine a Skia Booker's pump fake with that though. That would be mean. If oh, you would the just, uh, the skier booker like fall into them as they jump at you. The, yeah, the he takes function. the yeah. two dribbles, sets it up to the, take the shot, and then you go for it because he can't make another move. But that is his move, and then he pump fakes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that was always a tough. I that I remember my red shirt year is always tough playing one on one with three dribbles and guarding trying to guard like Alec Burks or like Carlin Brown or yeah, it was that drill oh. was no fun for me. I can't imagine having to guard Alec Burks. Yeah, he he was tough. He was really good. Could you elaborate on the Spencer thing? Like, what makes you a good matchup for him? Just the size, just the physicality. No, I'm I'm just giving giving shit. Like, I'm just trying to piss him <laughs> off. <laughs> well, he well, usually follow us. Did you did you match up with him one on one ever in practice? Um. Like, in those drills, like, because I remember when they'd make drills, like, every practice, there'd be, like, random groups for, like, three-on-three or one-on-one. Like, mm-hmm. they'd say, like, you three, you, Spencer, Ski, you're over here. That'd be a bad one for me. But uh, <laughs> like, it'd be kind of random. So, like, some days you get to match up against them, some days you don't. Well, that means you have an answer to this question. If you beat them in practice ever one-on-one, there you go. There's your answer. What's that? There's your answer to that question. If you ever beat Spencer in practice one-on-one, 
that that's that's probably the 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 legendary player that you've beaten one on one. Oh yeah, I probably because also that we we flip the score one day sometimes being like a one on one, but you score on defense. I I'd have a better chance winning those those rounds. Okay, mm. there you go. <laughs> we can play those rules. <laughs> Man, I wish we could frame this podcast as like you taking all these shots at like Spencer <laughs> and stuff, but like. Spencer, <laughs> yeah, Spencer used to follow us, but like he stopped interacting with us on Twitter once he like got good. But uh, he, when he was on like the Pistons and the Bulls when he wasn't really playing, it was great because he would. Oh. Uh, He'll start next time I we... see him, I'll tell him like, "What happened? You stop. You stop following the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> He'll start again when we start buying some Dinwiddie coin or whatever oh, yeah. he's calling it. He's doing that, and apparently the NBA might void his contract because you can't do that. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. God, I can't imagine being that smart and also that good at basketball. Oh my God. He's really smart. <laughs> <sighs> Probably heard he almost turned down CU to go to Harvard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that true? I guess, you know what? No, good for Tap Boyle. That's a hard recruiting job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have another question that I asked Jack last time on the podcast. Um, who would you take in a pickup game if you could take any CU player on your team and like five v five pickup? Um, like I'd always pick Spencer just because like he'd always in pickup we'd always have fun being on the same team just because like whenever he got the ball like I'd just sprint down the lane and like he'd be, he'd be the best at like outletting that to me so like I'd get some cheap cherry picking buckets that way. That sounds really fun, though. <laughs> yeah. That's just like a fun person to play with. That's no, how... yeah, especially yeah, exactly. We we're talking about Sefo Lufau playing pickup because he would always play at the rack, and he would just be in the post, just passing, 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 and then he'd get the rebound and just throw. I mean, because he's Sefo Lufau, so we'd just throw it cr- full court, find someone sprinting in for a layup. Mm-hmm. Another great pickup, like for five five pickup player, I'd always like being on the same team as Corey Higgins. Just because I don't know, he he was really fun to play with. I, that was my red shirt year, so I didn't get to like ever play in a real game with him. So it was always fun playing pickup with him. What made him fun to play with? Ah, uh, like he he was just like a like he he'd do it all. Like he'd he'd be setting you up. Um, if you need, if we, if our team needed a bucket, we knew we could rely on him just coming off like an elbow screen because his like elbow jumper was just like automatic. Um, but yeah, he was always just fun to play with. All around, all around player, played played good team defense, pushed the ball, distributed the ball when he needed to score, he could score. Like he was just fun to play with him. Jack, do you have any fun questions? Well, I guess I it kind of makes sense because. Corey, that's why Corey Higgins has been going for like 10 years now at wherever he is. Was it? It was Bar- Barcelona now? Barcelona, best This is the first year Europe. at Barcelona, yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. players in uh, Russia and a good team. Now. Yeah, he won like two EuroLeague championships with Shishka Moscow. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, he always seemed like a I guess I don't know how to say this. This is going to sound, I don't know about condescending, but it's just like he sounds like a guy who's just like, he'll be really fun to play with at not at a, like a, when you can just kind of take a little more casually and just say like, Oh yeah, I need a shot right now. I'll just go get you a shot. Like, yeah. Oh, you need a, you need a, for me to play defense right now. I'll just go block that dude's shot. Yeah. So, just imagine if he had more years under Boyle, I think hmm. he would have been really fun to watch. Oh, I are you taking a day. shot? Are you taking a <laughs> shot of Jeff Bedzelik now? Not, nothing against Bedzelik, <laughs> but uh, I think the numbers speak for himself. Like, well done. I like all these you traps you're laying for Sabatino, <laughs> Sam. Sorry. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I think we covered a lot of ground here tonight. Um, I, I guess I didn't realize – I should have because it makes sense timing-wise. I didn't realize you redshirted that, that year when they had – all those – that was like the offensive year where they think they just missed out on the tournament. It was the NIT birth, right? The NIT Final Four year? I didn't realize this either. Yeah, that year was really hard for me. Just also <laughs> coming from like University of Denver to Colorado, now I have to like redshirt and not be on scout team guarding like Alec Burks or Corey Higgins or Marcus Relford and just – Yeah, and those are all one-on-one. Like they will break you down. Scores. Yeah, those are tough <laughs> matchups. <laughs> I guess that makes sense because then when you're actually playing against like the Arizonas or like the Oregons next year, you're like, oh, you're not Alec Burst, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I can guard you. In the end, that probably that probably helped me 
developed so I could compete with Pac-12 play. I mean, I can't imagine a better learning experience. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that year. Way. I also had Carlin on my team for a redshirt partner, so that that helped. Um, oh yeah, I forgot bit. about that too. I'm yeah. I, I'm surprised you didn't pick him. That's why I figured he'd be number one for a pickup because he he could just. I figured he was a bulldog. He. No, yeah, he's up there. He's really fun. Like, just the way he pushes it and there's always, like, attack mode. And Yeah, hand in his face never really mattered, too, which I think is always fun to play with and pick up if you have a guy who just does not care if yeah. someone's closing out. That's always I, – I can never do that. And he'd get he'd, – every once in a while, I'd get these dunks that were like, Jesus, like, where'd that come from? Like, because <laughs> that's not like – you know, like, he's athletic. Like, you can tell he's super athletic, but that's not always, like – in his game like night in night out like how like, yeah. Alec Burks was way more like more athletic in that sense I mean that that windmill dunk he had that was just ridiculous I was not expecting that at all when he did a fucking windmill from the free throw line oh yeah dude oh my god <laughs> I uh <laughs> I that's probably gonna be a good segue into my last question which would be I, I saw this recently they did like a look back on the decade or whatever um for both for all Colorado sports um Top. Let's do top. I guess three dunks for CU basketball over the last ten years. Um, I think they actually, for me at least, at least two, probably all three, played on the same team. When, um, what year would the Shannon Sharp play? I was, I was about to say that. That's probably my number one. Okay, and I think that was what 2012, 2011. Yeah, that might have been my red shirt year. He had that nasty dunk. Yeah, where he just he basically took the contact and just kept jumping. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was crazy. Um, right. And then there was – I have that one. I have the, the Carlin windmill that we've already talked about. And then I think my next one has to be the the Derek White. Out of, like you said, kind of out of nowhere you knew he had it, but he hasn't pulled it out that much. That De- that Derek White dunk against Utah has been, was – oof. That was next level. Mm-hmm. I think you got to remember – do you remember Andre's dunk against Arizona State at home? Oh, no, Arizona what happened? State. No, I didn't know the Pac-12 one, not the Arizona State one. They, they had a big seven footer. I can't remember. I, I'll try to find it on YouTube. Fucking, but. I remember it. Jordan Bachinski. Yeah, and it <laughs> was one of those like Blake guy. <laughs> It was one of those like Blake Griffin dunk. Like he got up there and kind of like just threw it. Like the the ball went out of his hand, but it went directly down. The oh, on okay. Bachinski. Oh, I think <laughs> nice. I hate Jordan Bachinski more than any other player in basketball history. And this makes me very happy to remember this. Hold on. Okay, I'm pulling it up. Okay, yeah, that was, that was gnarly. Um, I, I just saw it. Would you, Saltino, would you beat Nate Tomlinson one-on-one? Would I beat Nate Tomlinson one-on-one? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We, we probably match up really well. Like, we're both not the most athletic, same height, <laughs> kind of crafty. He has a better shot than me, but so maybe he has a slight edge there, but. Okay, so you stopped taking shots, I see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam, your top three dunks, your top three CU dunks, you're going to have the same list? I, yeah, I can't argue with those. Uh, I also can't recall that many, to be honest. I just remember Andre Robertson and Tyler Bate dropping bodies all the time. Um, I think Tyler Josh Scott had some good ones. Josh Scott had some, like, emotional-type dunks, like I remember against Arizona uh, in that <laughs> upset. Yeah, he never rim rattled like I wanted him to, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, Wesley Gordon, too, he didn't really quite do it as much as we wanted him to, but it's okay. <laughs> One dunk story, a little bit of shade, but only because Shannon's, like, an amazing dunker. Um, in a pickup game, Levi kind of dunked on Shannon's chart. <laughs> <laughs> Levi Knudsen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, a weird – Levi had the breakaway, and Shannon's, like, kind of running with him and jumps, and Levi – is on the right side. We thought we, he's just going to like lay it up and he goes like a reverse with his right hand and reverse dunks it. And just, we were all like the gym just kind of went silent. We're like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Multi-talented man. And now, <laughs> and there's a the title for the podcast. It's Sabatino Chen says Levi Knutson underutilized. <laughs> at Colorado. Most yeah. We should have called more that. lob plays for Levi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Man, we we need to just like, just get all these stories out of you someday. <laughs> <laughs> I think Levi's still in the area too. We can bring, we can just have yeah, Levi get, and Sabatino find it out. 
get his own side of that story. Then we can bring some other people that were there. But then, Tina, you could just replace us on the podcast, and it could just be easy, just bantering. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and now we're finally outsourcing, as we always wanted to. <laughs> the, That's our the new real JJ reason you've brought me on now, but right? you're just looking for an exit strategy. The newest South Airport employee. Oh, man. Yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. I'm out of questions. Yeah, I'm out of answers. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, hopefully we we all are correct and that road sweep comes true. Um, I don't think – I think I'll be pretty quiet in both those arenas when I'm there. But um, if CU does end up beating Arizona at Arizona, I don't think I'll be quiet leaving Um, because that'll be – oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to remember that one. Uh, I think Arizona State's at seven on Thursday, I believe. Seven, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Arizona is twelve thirty on Saturday. Um, and if if we come to if this comes to fruition, this actually is a, a double road win for CU. Um, you better watch this team every other game because that means this team is special. Oof, that'd be a special team, definitely. <laughs> well, Sabatino, thank you for coming on. Um, and we will, I guess, talk on the other side of this break. Buzz! 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 Buzz!